What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Badanzi Attacchio. And this is Giuliano Clary. And this is the Fuzzy Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today on uh, Thursday, November the 26th. Uh, kind of a sad day, uh, especially yesterday, with the uh, with the passing of a true legend to the game of football, in Diego Armando Maradona, passing away at the age of 60 years old uh, from cardiac arrest. Um, may he rest in peace. He had uh, quite a career, quite an impact in Serie A with Napoli. Uh, for those of you that are not that familiar with Diego Maradona, a lot of you know the name. Um, there was obviously a lot of troubles that he had. That's mostly what he's known for is the troubles that he had. Um, a lot of mental health issues, um, trouble, a, a rough upbringing. But uh, what this guy could do on the field was there was nobody else that could do that. Especially for a guy his size too. Yeah, he's, five for five. Yeah, single-handedly won Argentina a World Cup. Uh, won Napoli two Scudetto. This guy went to a Napoli team who was relatively unknown and took them to the next level and won them to Scudetto. Uh, this is this basically shows you how polarizing of a figure Diego Maradona was. In the World Cup 1990, he was able to have people from Napoli cheer for Argentina in that game against Italy. In Napoli. Yeah, he, he divided the country. He divided the country. Like, that's how much Diego Maradona meant to Napoli. Um, there are statues of him in all the piazzas in, in, in Naples. and uh, All around Italy. All around Italy. All around Italy. He's, you know, last week, people asked Lorenzo Insigne if he'd wear the number 10, and he said that's God's number. How fitting is that? I know. Yeah. The hand of God is now with the hand of God. So, um. Yeah, it's uh, very sad. It is it's, very sad. For us, we never got to grow up watching him play. No. We just, so we we know more of the off-field antics. Yeah. But, of course, his legend on the field is it, yeah. it's what it is, a legendary. But yeah. for the people that were lucky enough to watch him play, yeah, uh, they have a different appreciation for that man. and For sure. He brought so much to this game. For sure. He did, so... Condolences to Diego Maradona and his family, and may he rest in peace. Yeah, I think you mentioned Napoli. He's yeah. changing the stadium name. Yep, they're naming the stadium after him now. It nice could have happened. It could have happened while he was alive, but I guess this really spearheaded everything. So, yeah, to to us Canadians too, <clears throat> he uh, had a special yeah. part here. Uh, he played one of his last competitive games in a semi-professional league at the time in the uh, in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, well, it that was makes the, sense. Yeah, yeah the 90s. it was the 90s. September 2nd, 1996, Scarborough's Birchmount Stadium. For anyone that remembers that, he played with Toronto Italia. Yeah. He was the captain. Uh, Marco Antonucci, there's a nice story online. If you go look that up on Toronto.com, nice article. He explains how he met uh, Diego Maradona. Everyone was starstruck. They couldn't believe that he was here in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, it's a nice nice little story. So he left the mark even uh, across the pond here in, in he did. Uh, Canada. He did, for sure. He did, for sure. And uh, he'll be missed. He definitely will be missed. We'll definitely miss him. And uh, I, we know all of Argentina is mourning 
the the whole soccer world is mourning. Yes, right? it's a big loss. It's a big loss. The, the, there was a lot of a lot of tributes to him in Italy. Goes to show you how much he meant to Italian soccer. Mm-hmm. Meant a lot. He did. Meant a lot. But uh, get into the games. Let's get into the games. Let's, let's jump right in. So we got a we got a as always we got a pretty busy schedule. Where it's today's Thursday, November the twenty sixth, as I said before, and. Uh, Still waiting on the Europa League Europa League group stage games to start. To be honest, they're not really that important. <laughs> like Europa League is not important until you get to the round That's of Roma Conference round of right thirty-two, there. round of sixteen. Um, but let's go over the Champions League games for our Italian clubs this past uh, the past two days. Uh, a couple of gr- a couple of great games, a couple of a surprise, big results. Yeah, big I'd res- say for all three Italian teams, good results except uh, Inter Milan. Yeah. Who are Schief. The false Sonerizuri. They are they are Schief, man. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get into them, but uh they're they're just absolutely Schief and uh Yeah, I don't I, I have I, I'm I have no confidence in this team. Me neither. My confidence is gone. Yeah. I'm, I think every Inter fan's confidence is gone. I think so. But let's uh let's start with uh let's start with Lazio and Zen at St. Petersburg. We knew Lazio was gonna go to work in this game. A lot of problems with Zen at St. Petersburg. So uh, good to see Lazio get this result three to uh, one. Immobile two. two goals. Parolo even uh, Parolo. chipped in. Both goals from outside eighteen. Yeah. If anyone saw Chiro's first goal, yeah. Oh my goodness, that was good. It was like an arrow, the precision to top corner. It yeah. looked like it took a deflection yeah. the first time uh, I viewed it. But on replay, you just see it just arrowed right into the top left corner of the net. Yeah. What a finish. Immobile is on fire right now. He is on fire. He's very confident. I just, I would love to see him do this with the national team. Yes. <laughs> like, Everyone would. Everyone it'd would. Be, like, we wouldn't have a problem if he could do this for a national team, right? I think he's going to bring it. I hope so. I, I hope think so. this is a new Chiro. I hope so. It's a confident Chiro. Now he's scoring different types of goals. It's true. Now he's scoring different it's types true. of goals. It's true. And they're not scoring. always penalties, too, which is great. <laughs> Although he did score one. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, but big three to one win. Uh, so, solid Lazio team all around. Joaquin, Joaquin Correa. Yeah, Joaquin Correa standout. Probably one of the man of the matches for sure. Yeah, I think he's been Lazio's best player this yeah, season. Yeah, Luis Alberto, solid game. Yes. Uh, and the one thing I have to say, the, I don't think this guy's had a bad game all season. Achebe back there. No, the guy is a rock. He's probably been the best Italian center back yeah. this year. Uh, hands down, hands down. This guy's been this guy's been great. He's and he's been doing it both for club and country. Mm-hmm. So you got a mad respect to Francesco Cherubi for that. I don't think he's had a bad game yet. No. And Pepe Reina, great, great job keeping the fill in. I mean, he must be exhausted as a deputy. I don't think he was uh, expecting to play this no, much. Not at all. No. But uh, he's showing it. Age doesn't matter for a goalie. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And uh, not much really to say about Zenit. I mean, I got one little thing to say about Juba squared the guy scored. that was caught. His so his phone was hacked. We said that story. Yeah, yeah. A video of him uh, pleasuring himself was put online. Yeah. And he scored a goal in this game, so he, he redeemed did. himself. The country was all for him they wanted him to get back because he got banned from the Russian national team yeah. he got benched for this and you know how he scored he controlled the ball with his private parts and then he slotted <laughs> it in it was impressive <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> nice yeah. goal by him yeah nice goal for sure uh, so with that win uh, Lazio has uh, firm control of second place two games left so Club Brugge or Bruges, however you want to call Brugge. it I'm starting a new trend Club it, Brugge. it's Brugge I'm, in Belgium they call it Brugge yeah um, so Club Brugge, four points behind. So that, that Lazio-Club Brugge game, 
that's going to happen. I think it's the next Champions League game for Lazio. Or they uh, play Dortmund. No, they play Dortmund next. Uh, but they're in a good position. That's, like we said in uh, the previous podcast, you win this game. Yeah. Now they can play... Yeah, you know they. You don't want to lose to Dortmund, but they can yeah. lose to Dortmund, and they'll still be a point ahead. Yeah, they they're in control of their destiny. Whereas Club Brugge's got to win out. Yes. They got to beat Zenit and Lazio to make it out. We'll so you, yeah, it's good. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. Control, it's an insurance. That was an insurance policy one. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So with that being said, let's move on to the next game. I another. I think I'm more. So let's talk about Juventus and Ferenc Varos. Routine win for Juventus, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised by the scoreline. I thought it'd be by more. I know. I am I am, and I'm not because, let's, first of all, Pirlo was very upset with his players. We've yeah. heard, we heard other uh, commentaries and pundits praising uh, Artur in this game and stuff. Pirlo's you know, actually come out and said... Uh, Pirlo came out and said he, he, has, he plays with no vision. No. He uh, completely slowed down the play. Yeah. So it's interesting what the pundits think and what Pirlo thinks. Yeah. Uh, I praised Artur in his last game. In this game, he didn't play good. No, I agree with Pirlo on that. His his passing was too slow. Yeah. Uh, you, like Pirlo said, when a team sits back, you got to shift the ball from left to right with yeah. speed. He wasn't doing that. Yeah. And who else did he criticize again? Uh, it was Pirlo. I mean, Pirlo criticized Artur. And, uh, was it McKenney or no? No, it wasn't McKenney. Dybala. Dybala. Dybala, he has to start putting in more effort in training yeah. therefore his performance as well I uh, think I think Dybala's days at Juventus are numbered I wouldn't be surprised if you see a deal happen in January they're talking about a renewal now they said they know. just called his agents today to really to negotiate the renewal I don't know well maybe they probably think you got him on a low you could probably get him for a bargain right now yeah, knowing the upside this guy has but yeah he's not looking good he's not looking good at all but Juan Cuadrado what, what can you say about him Probably in on both goals, controlling that flank. Probably the best uh, best player on the field that game. Best right side of player right now in Italy. Yeah, I'd say Juan Cuadrado. Really he's, impressive. He's, he's been probably next to Ronaldo, Juve's best player. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I know. There's a lot of Juve fans that are worried with no Chiellini, no Benucci, but Danilo and Delit, they're they're getting the job done. Hmm. You know, they're 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 doing better than people would thought they would. Right. Yeah. They, listen, Juve. I know a lot of Juve fans weren't happy with this performance. Uh, yeah. But honestly, going into this game, you just gotta win. You just gotta. It doesn't win. matter if you win by three goals or you win by one goal. You gotta remember. You can, now everyone's obsessed with winning every game, every yeah. game, every game. We gotta yeah. be one. It is yeah. a marathon. Yeah. We, that's what we always say. You gotta pace yourself. Exactly. Prevent injuries because whoever's gonna win the leagues yeah. and the Champions League, it's gonna be about who has the healthiest squad. Yeah. And the job was go in this game and win. And now that they've won it. this game, them and Barca are already through with two games left. So they could rotate their squad for these two midweek games. Exactly. So it's not going to hurt them as much. Exactly. Right? So that Barca Juve game, I don't know how intense it's going to be. It, it's not going to be intense. No. They both, they're both through. Who cares? What was the score of that last game against Juve and uh, Barca? It was uh, 1 nothing or 2 nothing? Something like that. Let me put it. I think it, it was 2 nothing. I can't remember. Because they scored a penalty at the end. That's right. Yeah. Two nothing. So if Juve were to jump Barca, they'd have to they'd have to win three 0 Yeah. So. So. I think they look at this. Let's focus on the league now for next two weeks. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. No. This and you know what? This is where I see. This is where Juve is going to play catch up now. They got two games. They don't really have to worry about. They're almost at, like friendlies for them. Yeah. So they can play their younger squad. Keep your big guns for the league. Catch up in the table. 
that's how you do it unlike yeah. some other teams yeah so i think uh i think good routine it's a routine win for them so that that being said as i said as juliana and i said a few moments ago juve and barca have both clinched berths yeah. into the round of 16 uh yeah juve fans just yeah i wouldn't be too critical of pirlo on here i know pirlo he hasn't even really been criticizing the italian media he's getting a bit of a yeah a free ride because of pirlo which i agree with he's a new coach yeah you can't be hammering him too much and uh yeah no, he's doing a he's doing a good job. He's getting the job done. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to uh, let, let let you know what I know. There's a lot to say about the Inter game, so let's move on. Leave, to, yeah, we'll leave that last. Let's move move on to Atalanta Liverpool. Atalanta showing that they are the real Nerazzurri. <laughs> yes, right now uh, surprised us. Yeah, we, uh, I, we both called Liverpool. Yeah, we both we both wrote Atalanta off. Surprised us. Good win for them. I'm I'm still not convinced by this Atalanta team. I still think the steam is out, but it's a good confidence boost for them. They they set themselves up really good. They needed a result to stay alive. So now they got Michelin and Ajax, and Ajax still has to play Liverpool. So yes. so they both set on seven. Both set on seven. Liverpool Liverpool's on nine. On nine. Yeah. So Michelin's completely out. Michelin's completely out. Liverpool is still not out of the woods, so they got to get a result. Yeah, Liverpool could still get knocked. And up. I think Atalanta plays Michelin first. I believe so. And it, so it works out really well for them. Is it? I'm going to pull that up right now. Yeah. You know what? Atalanta. So this goes to show it's just completely a mental thing. Yeah. For the big games, yeah. they're able to. Yeah, they showed up. To, put in that extra effort they showed up and it just that's all it is for them it's a mental yeah. thing when it comes to the city you play the mid-table lower table yeah. teams you don't put in that same effort yeah. and the one thing i did tell you got you gasparini went back to the old style it's liverpool ajax next game see so mm -hmm. the schedule works out better for them go get the job done against Michiland, and you put all this pressure on ajax you'll be in full control especially if liverpool wins that game yes right yeah so when the, the the must win game is against Michelin next game, which is next week, I believe. So um, that's a must win Atalanta game. That, um, the interesting thing about this game, this was this game was played in England at Anfield. Yeah, Anfield is has been a fortress for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Yeah, Listen, they I think are on a sixty seven game winning streak. Yeah, not a winning streak, sorry, undefeated streak at it's, home. It's quite a feat, the longest in Premier League history. It's quite a feat, and I think that I think Atalanta is only the fifth team to win at Anfield and they and they did it at Anfield. Yeah, they're the, Atlanta. they're the only the fifth Italian team ever to pull it off. Yeah. They so. made Liverpool. So I all the all the pundits in England are saying cuz you know the city I gets no respect. Yeah. on the on the island there. Uh, gets no respect saying oh Liverpool played bad this and that. Atalanta made Liverpool play bad they did. that game. They did. They shut them down. They pressed. Yeah. As something Liverpool's never seen all season. Yeah. Christian Romero again. This guy, Stud. he Stud. is turning out to be the best defender in City, huh? Yeah. This guy does everything from aerial duels to tackles, passes. <laughs> this guy does it all. He's the heart, one of the hardest. And he came from Genoa, right? Chris Romero, it's not uh, coming to my mind right now. I think it was Genoa. Maybe Genoa. Anyway, he's been phenomenal. Gossens yeah. again, the German popping with. He's such an important. When Hatteborn and Gosens are on this, Atalanta team's completely different. Oh, 100% they are. As, compo as uh, compared to Mojica and, and Diapoli. Hatteborn and Gosens is Atalanta. 
and Illich, the old man, he uh, keeps popping in goals. They call him the grandma on the team. Yeah, he's uh, he's been there. He's been there quite a while. Yeah, and he doesn't run a lot. So no, <laughs> that's he, why he has that nickname. He doesn't run a lot. Um, but they made they made uh, they didn't make Liverpool look like uh, champions. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. They so made them look normal. Just to uh, so Christian Romero. Did come from Genoa. He Genoa. played the last season. Oh, you must, Genoa must feel so stupid about. He honestly, I go. think he's only twenty two. Twenty two. Yep. You're gonna see this guy, Chris Romero. He's gonna go to one of the big three. Oh yeah. One yeah. of the. And he's only made one. He's only made one appearance for the senior team for Uruguay. So. Oh, I thought he was Argentinian. Ar- oh, is he Argentinian? Sorry, my apologies. I thought he was. Yes, he's Argentinian. I'm sorry. I think he's been wrong called flag. Up. He's been called up uh, recently, right? He's been called up, but he hasn't played yet. Hasn't played. Well, anyway, keeping he's still young. Keep an eye on him. This yeah. is the best defender in City. I'm yeah. saying right now to everybody. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's uh, he's a great player, and he's got a fantastic first name. So uh, <laughs> so let's. You know, with that being said, if you look at the group now, I mean, Juliano and I just. Ran it down real quick for you. So Liverpool sitting on nine points. Ajax and Atalanta both on seven points. Michiland is officially out. Zero points. They're the whipping boys. We knew this was going to happen. Can't even make Europa League. Yeah. Um, So, and now Ajax plays Liverpool, Atalanta, Michiland. And then that final game, Atalanta, Ajax. That's going to be a huge game. That's that's a knockout game. That's a knockout game. Yeah, it is. That's a knockout game. The way Atalanta's pulled off this win. They've made it that way. So... Congratulations to Atalanta. Big big game. Now let's move on to let's oh. move on to Giuliano's favorite team. Do we have to? The Nerazzurri, the fake Nerazzurri. Uh Real Madrid beating Inter Milan 2 nothing. Believe it or not, yes, Inter sits at the bottom of the table, but they're not officially out. They're yet. not out yet, no. Which is crazy. It's going to be really hard yeah. to to get through. I think I think Europa League is a little more realistic. Yeah, third so spot. The only way it works for them is if uh, they play Borussia Mönchengladbach in the next game. They have to beat them. Yeah, uh, and, and that would actually put them head to head. Yeah, they'd be better than Borussia. Real Madrid has to beat Shakhtar. Yeah, well, they don't have to beat Shakhtar, yeah. but it's it's better if they do. Actually, it's better if they don't it's because then that will put Real Madrid in pressure to win their last game against yeah. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah. So Borussia has to lose their last two games. Inter have to win their last two games. Yeah. And they have to. That's the way they're going to get through. I think Atalanta had to do something very similar. Very last similar, season. down and out. They were down and out, and then they snuck through. So yeah. it's. But that's that's you know it's going to be hard. Yeah, Everything that's going to be go hard. This this team, Conte's a joke. Holy cow! I start to I start to think him and Vidal are double O agents for Juventus to sabotage it. Holy cow! <laughs> that's man. what I'm seriously like. Think. I'm so happy that Roma is, Roma stopped pursuing this guy because he would have destroyed them. He he's becoming a joke. He, he is a joke. He's a troll. He you know he threw Ericsson on for the last five minutes yeah. of this game. For what? What reason? do you expect him to do? No, I think I think he did it to uh, to piss Ericsson off. I, I seriously think so. Because yeah. if you're on the Inter forums, anyone that follows Inter's Twitter page, even all the Inter fans want Conte gone. They want to see Ericsson on the field yeah. and that's what he does. He puts him on for five minutes. I think he did it so that he could blame Ericsson yeah. for the loss somehow because uh, he, he needs to blame somebody. You've been a man down for hot, over half the game and uh, what do you expect Ericsson to do? No, I know. It was, it was a stupid sub. He knew, he did it He did it to make a statement. That's a Conte statement move. He's, he's, uh, 
he's an a-hole i don't want to swear on this podcast yeah. but he's an a-hole yeah i mean uh, it's kevin out with the same midfield barella vidal gallardini terrible terrible uh, terrible and then arturo vidal like what are you doing like being I didn't like. I think I told. I didn't like this signing from the second yeah, they made it. It just doesn't make sense. It, he, he's a hothead. You're not going to get the call. You've already been given a yellow. Leave it alone. Back to the leadership of Handanovic. What I said last podcast. I know we had audio problems if people didn't hear me. I told. Well, I said Handanovic on. Uh, when the penalty was given, yeah. everyone was complaining. That was one of the guys going to the ref complaining. So he's known for doing this. When uh, Ashley Young hit uh, yeah. single in the chest, he should have grabbed you down, threw him up the field, and say, "Listen, I'm going to save this and get out." Ooh, I'm the captain here. Move. Yeah. Handanovic again. This was all in the penalty area. You think Handanovic comes out of his net no. to push his players to the side and no. say, "Listen, I'm the guy in charge here." Yeah. No, Handanovic is not a leader. No. On this team. No. He's he's proven to be a weak leader, and I think this is a big part of why Inter's struggling yeah. along with Conte. Um. And none of which is not a leader back there. The the captain's armband should be taken off of him yeah. and given to uh, possibly Lukaku or more. Yeah, it's, someone that's more passionate. Because someone that's more passionate. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's not right. I mean, you, like you said, if if, if you're sending your hand and, and, it, and Vidal's doing that, you grab yeah. him by the mohawk <laughs> and you get get his get his get cool his off the field. At, yeah. What are you doing? Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Right. Get out of here. And only Conte as well with Hakimi. Yeah. Hakimi was excellent at Real Madrid under yeah. Zidane and Ancelotti. I think yeah. he was there with Zidane. He was excellent at Borussia Dortmund under Lucien Favre. He just... He, he comes to... He's a ghost. He comes to enter and we are destroying him. Yeah. Conte is destroying him. He's been playing the worst soccer he's ever played it's, in his career. It's like you said, though. This, Antonio Conte is running around like a headless chicken and chase the ball. That's it. Vidal. That's why he likes Vidal. That's why he likes Barella. Listen, Barella is an excellent midfielder. He is. And but he's he's yeah. just a piece to a puzzle. Yeah. Barella is not the end-all be-all. Even yeah. for La Nazionale, he's not the end-all be-all. Yeah. Barella is a piece and a puzzle that includes Jorginho Locatelli and Verratti. Yeah. He brings the energy to that midfield because those team. guys don't run like him. Yeah. But in this inter-team, we don't need three runners between Gallardini, no. Vidal, Barella for the 500th time. No. We need creative players in this no. midfield. Yeah. Lukaku, Martin, Lukaku doesn't have a touch. The yeah. guy has one of the worst first touches ever. I'm not yeah. saying he's a bad player. Yeah. That's just not his strong suit. Yeah. He has a terrible first touch. And, uh, how are you supposed to score goals? Uh, the, the goals come the same way all the time. Yeah. Crosses from the side. Lukaku tapping in and that's why you know we had that title he's, he's, tapping king. he's a tapping king which isn't a bad thing but that's the only way Inter can score goals yeah tappings and penalty shots and again we got to question the subs of Antonio Conte uh, again the subs are terrible he takes off Lautaro Martinez at half for Ivan Perisic I get it but you need to win you need to get a result here yeah. keep the goal scoring because it doesn't matter how much you lose yeah you need to win this game. Yeah. Because it's not about goal differential in UEFA. In UEFA, the tiebreakers are done head-to-head. So keep your striker on. Yeah. Get a goal. Try and get the tie. Yeah. The subs were terrible. He leaves. So he t- he uh, made subs at half. Took off uh, Bastoni, who was terrible for D'Ambrosio. Even Perisic came out for Lautaro. Alexis Sanchez came out for Hakimi, who played bad. Yeah. Senzi came out for Gagliardini in the 78th minute when we're already down 2 No, Like, come on, Conte. You left Gagliardini on to the 78th minute. I know, it's a joke. And you leave, and then you bring out Christian Eriksen in the 86th minute. Slap in the face there. Disrespect to him. Yeah. And you is. leave Badella on the whole game again. 
I'm telling you, he's going to pull up with an injury. He is. And, and then, no, then he's going to put, uh, I don't know, he's going to put D'Ambrosio on the midfield. Yeah. And you know what? There's Just just to touch on that a little bit, um, Jurgen Klopp had an interview with uh, Sky Sports. They didn't actually... They didn't actually show this on t- this part of the interview on TV. Yeah. They're talking about his depth, and he was saying, "Well, when you're in a condensed schedule like this, he's like, I'll be surprised if any team makes it with their eleven, with their eleven players." And he's bang on. Yeah. So Nicola Barella playing every three days, you are gonna burn this guy out if he, God forbid, he comes up with a soft tissue injury like a hamstring or it's, it's or something. Joke, it's over. It's, it's over joke. for him. There'll be no way room for recovery. And then you leave a bit. You leave a hole because at the end of, at the end of the day, Nicola Barella is one of your anchors in this Inter team, and he's a guy you really have to rely on. He has he's the same he's the same player as Vidal and Gagliardini, but he has a little more talent with the ball than these two. Yes. So this is the kind of guy you want to keep in your starting lineup. Get the other two boneheads out of here. Well, Gagliardini is not really a bonehead. Gagliardini, I know a lot of Inter fans don't like him, but he has a. a part in this team yeah he does have a part in it yeah but he's he's being over he's being asked to do too much for what his skill set provides yeah okay he uh it's just not the proper system you don't have ball players in this midfield no you don't how are you gonna score yeah how are you gonna score if your midfield can't look up with your forwards exactly the only play they have is launch the ball to lukaku lukaku's got a you might as well flip a coin if he's going to control the ball or not. Yeah. It goes to him. He drops it off to midfield. Midfield passes the ball to the third runner, yeah. which is usually Martinez or Hakimi and Yash, yeah. the young runner up the yeah. That's the play. There's no speed in this team. No counterattacking speed. Uh, it's a complete joke. We lost to a Real Madrid B team. Pretty much. They started from the Dominican Republic, Mariano up top. Odegaard, who I think is a teenager, so he still has milk on his chin. Eden Hazard. You know, he has been crap for Real Madrid for, I think, two years he's been there. And, of course, he scores against us on a penalty. And I think he won the penalty, too. You made Lucas Vazquez look like... Uh, look like uh, Luis Enrique in his prime. Lucas Vazquez, he's a, he's a meme in Spain because the guy is terrible, yeah. okay? Modric, Cruz, good players. Varane, good. Nacho is a really good defender. This is not the f- starting team for, yeah. for... And they left Casemiro on the bench, I think, you know. Yeah. Real Madrid, obviously. He came, he came on. Look, this is Casemiro the, came on. This is the difference in mentality. Zidane puts on three attacking midfielders. Modric, Cruz, and Odegaard. He leaves his defensive midfielder on. Inter lines up with three number eights who go back and forth, two of them more defensive than the other. And then look at look at Zidane's subs again. He brings on Casemiro to shore up the lead. And then again, he brings on Rodrigo to run at the inter-defense that yeah. now is pushing to try yeah. to score a goal. And he scores the second he comes on, making Conte look like a complete joke so of a manager. Let me pose this question to you. Yes. You've lost this game. You're, you, so you're, 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 on, you're basically... On your way out in the Champions League, you have you need a miracle to turn it yeah. around. It's a long okay? shot. It's a long shot. Europa League's more of a realistic, but you're still not out of it yet. Okay, and you're 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 sticking around in the Scudetto race, but you're you're just one one mis- one more mistake away from really losing a grasp on that. If you're Inter Milan management, would this be a time to change the guard and see if you can if you can somehow turn it around? Do you think a change in the guard would 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 change this around? In 
I mean, I've I've seen Antonio Conte. The crazy thing is with Antonio Conte teams, somehow they can play terrible, but they're always still in it. Yeah. So they're playing terrible in City, huh? Somehow only five points off yeah. at first. Terrible in Champions League, two points, but somehow, somehow. can still come out of the group yeah. somehow. That's Antonio Conte teams. They they can be dead and dusted, you think, but they always have a chance still. Mm-hmm. So that's why. So what do you do? You keep one finger on the button, look for that replacement, have a backup in case. Yeah. Well, if you the trend doesn't change in Serie A, especially Serie A, see you later. You got some. You got some really good managers in the wings. Oh, that's why Allegri. Uh, Max Allegri. Allegri. Yeah. Sadi doesn't want to break his contract, but I wouldn't want to see Sadi. No. And enter. Um, Maybe. <laughs> I, I know. I keep saying it. And it's almost impossible. Luciano Spalletti. Spalletti. We already had him. Spalletti. I like, but I. For me, he did it with Roma. He can only take him. Take a team Certainly. so far. He he brings a team into uh, Champions League, and that's what Spalletti's great at. Antonio Conte was supposed to take us to the next step of winning yeah. the Scudetto. Well, if I'm not back. mistaken, Beppe Iacchini's available. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we'd be better off if we're playing like Beppe Iacchini. Seriously. Is there. Seriously. I think the wig's covering the hat there. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. Beppe Iacchini in disguise. Yeah, seriously. Well, oh, my goodness. They stink, Inter. They're, they're terrible uh, right now. Yeah, Let me repeat from last podcast. Who has Inter beaten this year? Benevento, Genoa, Torino, and Fiorentina. That is it. That's it. That is it. That's not not a great list of teams no. that you've beaten. Everyone that's posed them a challenge, they've lost to. Pretty much. Or drawn. Pretty much. And uh, they got themselves... Well, we're going to get into it very soon, but they got themselves quite a big game this yeah, weekend. They stink. Too. If Sassuolo... If they don't win against Sassuolo, we can say City has probably done for them as well. Mm-hmm. The way things are going, it doesn't look like Inter is going to string two wins together. Well, they're still, like you said, they're still not Somehow out of it Somehow they're yet. in it. Somehow, that's what I mean. If they win this game, it will like, put them within oh, reaching sure. distance of first. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, if you, that's the first game this weekend. Saturday night AMC. Do you want to just jump right in and talk about well, it? We will. Once I, I just want to make one more point about Conte. Yeah. I think what Conte, what's, why he stinks in Champions League yeah. is because he plays a system that's more... Uh, it's better when a team attacks you. Yeah. Okay. So when Tony Conte teams fall behind, it's harder for them to catch up. to catch up because they don't have the team that knows how to play on the front foot, make the pass and plays and score goals. They and that's why Inter they play better when they're leading in the tables. They can approach the game differently. Yeah. Antonio Conte, his tactics don't. Uh, don't work when he's chasing. They're 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 going to be chasing for a while, man. That that's how it feels. Terrible, terrible manager. Like I said, I think he's a secret agent for you right now. Seriously. Well, that, that being said, we're going to jump right into the to the previews for this upcoming weekend match day nine. Well, for, first before we get into that, yeah. quickly let's just talk about. Uh, we'll just give a quick highlight of each game. Quick, yeah. Sure, go ahead. Two seconds. We'll be two seconds. Um, let me see. Chelsea Wren, Olivier Giroud, big goal. Yeah, that's a striker. You know, Inter's looking at. I think Roma has been linked with two. Olivier Giroud, one of the best headers of the ball. Yeah, underrated. Doesn't get appreciated at Chelsea. He's no. gonna be out because he's looking to play in the Euro. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Chelsea one two one. Krasnodar Sevilla. Sevilla came back. One that clinched them. Uh, yeah, Vance. So they sent they sent out a funny tweet actually saying what they say. 
to the rest of the Europa League, uh, you don't have to worry now. We're not coming down something along the lines of that. Hey, they're the, they're, they're the uh, Rakitic scoring a wonder goal there. Beautiful. That, I'm telling Beautiful you, that technique. Sevilla team is a dark horse. They're very well. They're they're very well put together. They they've bought into the Lopetegui system. Yeah. And Lopetegui's not a bad manager. He's actually no, he's, not. he's a lot better than people think he is. I know people just think about that disaster that happened with Spain. That was one problem. It's because he's a defensive first manager. Yes. And when you get offensive players, yes, it can be tricky. Exactly. So I think Sevilla Sevilla is one of the teams I have in my in the back of my head that's going to go deep in this. Yeah, Champions they'll League be tournament. hard to beat. They'll be very hard to beat. Jules Conde, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Center back at Sevilla. Sevilla picking up a win there. Borussia Dortmund, Club Rouge, Holland, unbelievable two yeah. goals. Guys, yeah, he's I think he's 21, 22. Yeah. It is. And was it Barca that passed up the opportunity to sign him? I don't. It was know. Barca, Real Madrid. One of them passed up the opportunity to sign him, and they probably regret it. So, uh, but yeah. And then the next game was Jaden. Jaden Sancho, though. Anybody wants to watch the highlight reels? Yeah. That free kick was one of the. It was Beckham esque. Yeah. The band he put on that free kick. Holy smokes! Jaden yeah. Sancho, what a goal! Seriously, Borussia Dortmund looking uh, looking good. To come out of the group, yeah, they're looking good. United, uh, Manchester United against Basak here. Yeah, things went back to normal. United winning four to one. Weird Bruno, team. yeah, Bruno Fernandez. That first goal he scored. Oh, Paul Scholes esque. That was a rocket. Now. The one thing I did notice, though, so he's on the brink of a hat trick. Penalty comes up, and Rashford chooses to take it. Well, he he gave it to Rashford. Did he give it to Rashford? He gave it to Rashford. Okay, because he's trying to. I guess he's trying to be a a team player. A team player, yeah. Yeah. If I'm Rashford, though, I would tell him, buddy, you're on the brink of a hat trick. Go for it. You know. Yeah. But you know what? If if that was worked out between the two of them, good for them. So Man United four to one winners there. PSG one nothing at Leipzig. Terrible game. Terrible game, but PSG won the game. Yeah, they won off a BS penalty that yeah. Di Maria won. I don't even know how that was called penalty. Yeah. Makeli, Makeli, the Dutch ref, I believe he's Dutch. Yeah. He uh, didn't, it didn't even go to VAR. I couldn't believe it. Di yeah. Maria just collapsed like he got sniped from the stands. <laughs> and uh, well, what, When does Di Maria not do that? Sabitzer didn't even touch him. Yeah. Neymar slotted in the penalty. Uh, funny, after the game, Thomas Tuchel was questioned on his team's uh, attitude towards the game. They weren't playing with intensity. And he goes to the, to the reporter. He goes something along the lines of, if you have the balls, go into the change room and ask the players uh, if, they, if they didn't put in a 100%. He goes, these guys are dying in there. Something along the lines of yeah. that. So he, he's been very frustrated too, cool. And he got one up on Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, it's gonna be an inter. All three teams are still alive. All, yeah, Leipzig's not uh, not out yet. So, so it's gonna be interesting. Man U, yeah. PSG, Leipzig. Who's gonna come out of this group? One of the semifinalists in RB. You have a PSG finalists. Yeah, so and then one, Manchester and then Manchester United. They get knocked out in the group stages last season. Manchester United. Yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. I can't remember. I but know. anyway, three. Uh, were they? Here. They were in Champions League last year. Maybe not, no, because they finished fifth or sixth. I think they finished fifth. They were in Europa League last year. Europa League, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, Dinamo Kiev. Yeah, Dinamo Kiev, Barcelona. They didn't start. Messi wasn't on the bench. They started with Martin Brathwaite, another Norwegian. Two goals. Uh, Serginho Dest, American, getting a goal. Yeah. As well. Pretty routine win for uh, Barcelona. they've clinched now. But he has been finally scored a goal as well. Maybe that will turn his season around. We'll see. 
Uh, Manchester City going to work on Olympiacos, what nothing. Yeah, the uh, the goalie for Olympiacos, Jose Sa, Portuguese goalie, had a phenomenal game. Foden, Phil Foden. He's uh, looking to be a real talent Yeah, for City because City can't score goals anymore. No. That's been their problem. They, they get 20-plus shots a game, and they can only score one goal a game, uh, yeah. which is mind-boggling. Absolutely. It's Pep's uh, style of football becoming archaic now. Might be. Uh, Gladblock, 4 nothing over Shakhtar. 4 nothing. These guys have to be the most informed team in Champions League right now. Yeah, Mucha Gladblock. Everybody wrote them off, too. Yes. Uh, we did, too, unfortunately. Yes. Briel, well, they were doing terrible at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, Champions League must have given them confidence getting yeah. those results against Real Madrid and Inter. Briel and Bolo, the Swiss uh, internationals, got a big goal. Went yeah. the Oscar Vent, the uh, Swedish international big goal left back of Valdi. Swiss international scored a big goal as well. Yeah. And uh, they're dominating, dominating everyone. Marcus Taram, once again, Lilian Taram's son, he is turning out to be a great player. Yeah. Fran- French, uh, French international. Yeah. Keeping uh, on that kid. Definitely. Very talented. Bayern Munich, 3 to 1 over Salzburg. Yeah, with a red card, too. With a red card. Neuer but- actually had to play outstanding. Neuer made a lot of big saves he in this did. game. Uh, to keep Bayern Munich in the lead. Yeah. Kingsley Coleman continuing with his form for yeah. the last Champions League goal and assist, probably yeah. man of the match. Yeah. And then a uh, big, uh, this is more of a, a little bit of an upset, Lokomotiv Moscow tying Atletico Madrid 0-0. Yeah, this group's interesting. Because now Lokomotiv Moscow is technically, they're, they're still in it. They're, still they're only in two it. points I, behind Madrid. Atletico, yeah, is second with five. Bayern's run away with the group. Yeah, Bayern's got the group. Yeah, anything can happen here because Atletico now has to play Bayern Munich, and they I think they play Moscow one more time, right? No, that was no, it. That they was it. Back to back, they play Salzburg. So it's a long like they had. It's they did what they had to do against Lo- Locomotive. Yeah. I think it was two draws. Yeah, uh, it's a long shot now. Locomotive realistically had to beat them, but still, it's if they Wide were to, if they're to slip up, yeah, they can still get eliminated. Absolutely, Ajax uh, beat Michelin. Yeah. Look at. This young player, Ryan Gravenberg, he was in our starting 11 for yep. the team of the week for Champions League. My goodness, what a shot. Dutch, I think he's 18 years old. Yeah. What a debut goal. You can't ask for a nicer debut goal. No. Uh, Neres, too, scored a heck of a goal. And Dusan, Dusan Tadic, the Serbian, put yes. in uh, great performances. Uh, Michelin, rough, rough uh, first Champions League rough goal. First, rough maiden voyage. Marseille, Porto, Porto 1 2 nothing. Sanusi, left back. Zaidu Sanusi, Nigerian. He played an outstanding game. Yeah. Uh, looks like Porto will be coming out of this group. Yeah. I just. There are some really poor performances from the, from the French from the French representatives in the Champions League this year. Yeah, I know. Which is, yeah, there has been. Uh, the French team's not holding their own here. Uh, no, definitely not. But yeah, Porto looks like they'll be going through. Yeah. They do play Olympiacos again, I believe. One and more City. game. And, and City. City. So it's not done and dusted. Yeah. So that's. Not, that's rounds up our Champions League. It does. Now, finally, we can get into match day nine. I don't match know about you, but I love no, Serie A. I love Serie A. I love, <laughs> this is the best league this year. I'm not saying that just because that's what we cover. Yeah. Because I follow, I do follow all the leagues. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting this year. This has been one of the most exciting yeah. leagues. La so, Liga too, but the standard of football in Serie A, I 
I think has been high compared to oh, every yeah. other league. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get let's get right to it. Sassuolo, Inter Milan. Big game. Start off the week. Uh, the match day nine. Sassuolo hosting Inter at the Stadio Cita del Tricolore. Big game, Giuliano. Big, big game. Big game. Must yep. win for Inter. Can't stress this enough. Antonio Conte has to turn his fortunes around. Make or break this game. This game is make or break for Antonio Conte. Sassuolo wins this game. Inter's done. And this is not a Ciao. good... And this historically is a terrible fixture for Inter. Inter... Sassuolo's been their bogey team. Inter's beaten them once in the last six matches. But Ardi, the top goal scorer in this fixture all time with six goals. Yeah. He always scores against Inter Barardi. He was a Nerazzurri fan growing up. Um, if Conte can win this game, it's a big statement for those reasons we just stated. It is. And it can change the fortunes uh, of this team. I believe they will maybe if they score a lot of goals, but they still, they'll be tied on points with Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes it not much closer to first. I'm more interested to see how they're going to line up between the two coaches because both of these coaches like to play offensive style obviously Conte with the suffocation style 3-5-2 yeah. and then did Zerbi did Zerbi plays an attacking style but between the two coaches did Zerbi is not as much of a cement head as no, Antonio he Conte he's able to adapt so are we going to see a Sassuolo team that's going to sit and soak in the pressure, or are we going to see a confident Sassuolo team line up and say, did Zerbi say, you know what, this inner team's a mess, we're going to take it to them? That is going to be an interesting thing, because Sassuolo, what Sassuolo's been built on is that attractive attacking football, yeah. smart attacking football, smart pressing. Yeah, They don't play on the back foot, and no. I think if they go against that philosophy in this game, it will hinder them. If I think so, yeah. Because Inter definitely has some glaring weaknesses as on the counterattack. Yeah. They can't stop. You know, every team's creating chances. They can see almost two goals a game. Yeah. They can't They can't defend counterattacks through balls because yeah. uh, the midfield is always friggin' chasing the ball like wild dogs and they leave the middle vacant. Yeah. So there's tons of gaps to put the ball through. And the wingback positions too. Inter, uh, very bad at covering their wings. And Sassuolo's... They got deadly wingers on this they team. Do. Jeremy Boga, Domenico Berardi. It's going to be interesting. If Conte, the thing is, if Conte is to change the system, play four at the back as opposed to three in the back, I think Inter can actually take this game yeah. to uh, to Sassuolo. Because when Inter played four at the back against Real Madrid, they kind of looked decent. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. You're going to have Locatelli versus Barella in the midfield, which would be interesting. I think Locatelli should get the better of him. Uh, Caputo going against that defense. Caputo, Berardi going Caputo against if that he's defense. Back. Yeah, Berardi, I think, is going to give us uh, give Inter yeah. a lot of trouble. Boga too, right? Boga too, if he starts. But Jeremy Boga is probably the best mid, uh, dribbler next yeah. to Lionel Messi in, yeah. in world in the world. Uh, this is a hard game to call. It's a hard game to call. It's going to be a big. I think it's going to be a busy game for Kirkus and uh, Ferrari. Yeah, depending on who, depending on what type of Lukaku Martinez comes yeah. to this game, because yeah. Martinez has been, he's been bad all season. He's been, a, yeah, he's been terrible. He's got, he's scored some goals, but he's been terrible all season. Uh, Lukaku is into right now. Yeah, if Lukaku doesn't score. You're not scoring goals. So what do you think is going to happen in this game? What are you calling? 
I'm leaning more towards a draw. Yeah, I just because I agree with you. I, I struggle to see Conte changing anything. Yeah. And, and uh, this Inter team, I don't think they're I, I just don't think they're gonna lose this game. I don't think so either. I think you're yeah. gonna see a very defensive Inter this this yeah. game. And Inter don't have the counterattacking pieces to no, score. No, they don't. So I think we're safe to say they don't play with speed. They, they don't, don't play with any speed. They're slow. The they're slow. One dimensional, everything through the middle. As much as for the story, I'd love to see Sassuolo win. Just for their story. I would that too. would be huge, but I I'm gonna call it a draw in this game. If Sassuolo scores first and Inter's got a chase, I think Sassuolo wins this game. But Yeah, Sassuolo's claimed one big scalp already this season. Yeah. In Napoli. Yeah. Can they make it two? We'll see. But I think both of us are saying draw. Yeah, I'm gonna lean towards a draw. I think Inter Napoli's problem is obviously there's something off there mentally, which we'll get into in their game. It's been some infighting in the change room. I don't think Inter has that problem. I think Inter yeah. overdo it with the mentality. I think they sometimes try too hard. Yeah. And that uh, hurts them. Um, and we'll see. Uh, yeah. But a draw. Yeah. Say. So both a draw. Uh, next game Benevento hosting Juventus at the Stadio Ciro Vigorito. So Benevento, this is a game Juventus is loving. They're just salivating over. Now they could, as I said earlier in the podcast, they can play catch up in the Serie A. They can focus on it for the next two weeks because they've already clinched round of 16 competition for the Champions League. Um, So uh, this is where I think Juventus starts to put their foot on the gas and says, yeah, thank you for the three points. I mean, they're winning. Ronaldo's there. They're confident. You'll probably see Gianluigi Buffon start this game because Pirlo will rotate the squad. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I really don't have much to say. I just think Juventus is way too strong for this. People in Zaghi is obviously going to play a sit-back and counter-attack approach. I just don't think with the way Juventus plays and the way Ronaldo's playing, the biggest glaring point is that midfield. What's that midfield for Juventus going to look like? Will there be some holes that people in Zaghi can... Can, can expose um, in that midfield. We'll see. Um, but uh, I just see Juventus winning this game. Yeah, for Benevento, it's going to be hard to break down this Juve, de- yeah. this Juve team and defense. Yeah. Juve are just inch by inch getting better. Yeah. Every game. Um rest of City, I know, like we said in the previous podcast, you had to take advantage of Juve. Yeah. Stumbling off the blocks a bit at the beginning. Fourth place. No one right really now. has it except Six, Milan. Fourth place right now, sixteen points. This is this is the way for them. This is the way. So at the top now, you're gonna have to go punch for punch. Now, Juve wins, you have to win. Yep. Juve draws, you have to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. how it's gonna be. If if any team's gonna want to take this crown off Juve, yeah, you got to match what they do week in week out, and. uh all the teams at the top are going to have to win because Juve's not losing this game no. to Benevento. So we're both saying take Juventus for this game. Yeah, it would be interesting. Dybala, this is his team. He likes to score against his team, yeah. Benevento. Uh, he has three goals against them in his in his time yeah. in Serie A. It'd be interesting to see with his struggles if he gets onto the field. Maybe he can uh, get a goal, boost his confidence a bit. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the afternoon game on Saturday. A very interesting one. Atalanta hosting Hellas Verona. That's going to be an interesting game. I mean, Hellas Verona, we know they're stubborn to beat. 
Yeah, historically, uh, well, not historically, the last six games, 50% won by Atalanta, one win by Halas Verona, two draws. Yeah. Teams sit right on top of each other on the table, Atalanta seventh, Verona ninth. Yeah, and... Both. This is this is going to be an underrated game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot more exciting than people think. You got an Atalanta now that's confident, claiming a scalp off Liverpool, going up against a very stubborn defense in Hellas Verona. So it's just a, it's a really hard one to call. Hellas Verona ten goals over their last eight games, only conceding seven. I really think it's going to hinge on how well Marco Silvestri. Stands in the, between the sticks for Hellas Verona. I think he's going to be very busy in this game. Be interesting to see if Antonin Barak, their leading goal scorer, can sneak behind the Atlanta defense. Um, it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. Uh, this is a really difficult one to call. It is, especially Verona in their last match. Uh, they played, they should have won. Yeah. They. They created a ton of chances. We're very unlucky to lose. Hellas yeah. Verona against... Uh, who was it against? It's not coming to my mind. I just know they should have won. They hit the bar four or five times. Oh, yeah, that's right. What game was that again? Uh, I'm losing my memory here. Got me. I'm not sure. Let me see. Let me pull it up quick. It yeah. was against the Swallow. The Swallow, that's right. So they should have beat the Swallow. And that game, the Swallow was very fortunate to come out with the win. Yeah. Hellas Verona plays really well. They play very good trap. They play the trap very well and counterattack against these teams that love to attack. They do. It's just their finishing is weak. Yeah. They don't have an... They have Kalinic, former Roma player. Yeah. He hasn't, I don't think, scored yet this season. Well, Kalinic was a joke for Roma anyway, so... You knew he was on, you knew you weren't getting a goal. He didn't have much success at Atletico Madrid either. No. And now he's here, so he's not the greatest striker. No. Atalanta, I mean, uh, what Verona are going to have to rely on is that strong defense. Yeah, and but, Marco Silvestri. And what type of Atalanta is going to show up? Yeah, that's game? the big one, right? That is the big one. Atalanta clearly shown they can't. They they really struggle playing every three days. Very yeah. inconsistent. And for them, it's a mental thing. They show up to the big games. Yeah. Don't so much show up for these type of games. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I I just in this game surprisingly I don't see any clear cut winner. I think that I think Hellas Verona is going to hold them to a draw, and it's going to be a victory for Hellas Verona because. Uh, and I just think Atalanta, you know, there's a big game off a big two, a big three points in Champions League off Liverpool. Their mind is there; they got the control. I think Scudetto's out of the question for them, even though they're still kind of hovering around. But they got to go heavy, right? I think they've put a lot of their eggs in the Champions League basket. So I'm going to say they're going to fall here and have a draw with Hellas Verona. And they're going to fall a little bit more down the table. I'm going to lean, because I see Atalanta, one of their strengths is they know how to break down stubborn defense. Is one of the very few teams in Italy that can do that uh, because they play with great wing backs. If Hattaborgosens are in this game, I think it gives uh, Verona a lot of trouble. Yeah. And... Uh, I think Papu Gomez can navigate between that, that space, the half space that is going to be between the midfield and defense. And I think Papu Gomez and Ilicic, Ilic, if he's on the field, I think he can make a difference. And I'll give the advantage to Atalanta. I think they'll pull out a win here. All right. So I think we found our first disagreement here. And uh, so Giuliano's telling you to take <laughs> Atalanta, and I'm telling you to take the draw. 
but we'll see what happens there. Let's move on to Sunday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lazio hosting Udinese at the Stadio Olimpico. Uh, Lazio has been in survival mode for a long time. They're surviving. Uh, they're surviving. They've they've played some really big games. I'm sure they're favoring this game in their schedule with Udinese. They can rotate a little bit. Udinese is starting to find a bit of a stride, starting to come together, playing a lot much a, a lot better football under Gotti. Um, and and their guys are starting to fire aside from Kevin Lasagna. Um, no surprise there. Uh, but Lazio this is a good this would be a good three points for them. This would move them up the table, keep them hovering around that Champions League Europa League spot. because um, realistically they're only six points off the screw that the leaders Milan. Uh, looking at Udinese, Udinese two one and five through eight games with seven points, just sitting atop the relegation zone. Um, it, this is the kind of game where I think you got a very confident Cheeto Immobile now, especially after that game uh, against Zenit St. Yeah. Petersburg. And we, a Cherby. And a Cherby. We know those guys are going to play. Pepe Reina, does he go between the sticks again? We don't know. Um, or is Trakosha finally able to return? Um, I just see Lazio winning this game. Yeah, me too. I think Lazio... Once again, I, I brought this up in another podcast. They had that big win against Borussia, and they yeah. haven't lost team since. Yeah. When you win, fatigue doesn't become a thing. You're able to go weekend, and Lazio are, are they're, they're going off that momentum. They are going off that momentum. They are uh, starting to look like the team of last season. Yeah. Very hard to beat. I don't see Udinese getting a goal against them. Udinese, no. that is a weakness. They struggle to get goals in games. Yeah. And uh, they got a stubborn defense, but yeah. I think Chiro has the keys to unlock that defense. Yeah. Especially with, with helping Chiro, especially this season, is his striking partner, Correa. Yeah. yeah. Before really helped him out. Yeah, before they were playing, if I'm not mistaken, Chiro was up there by himself with Luis Alberto yeah. behind him. So Simone Inzaghi has now changed the tactics to have uh, Joaquin Correa as a strike partner. Joaquin Correa has been a revelation. He's playing the best football of his, of his life right now. Yeah. He's untouchable. One yeah. of the best feed in the league. Uh, very tricky for it, and he's given Chiro so much space because the defenders are worried about Joaquin because he's more of a direct threat. Chiro is more of a threat running into spaces, yep. picking up the final pass, and he puts the nail in the coffin. That's what makes Chiro excellent, and uh, that combination of those two right now in the league is probably the best one-two punch in the league right now Sure, um, for striker partnerships. Yeah. And uh, I think Lazio should have an easy, easy yeah. game here. Should be an easy three points for Lazio. So, if you're a betting person and you want to play a parlay, they probably don't pay much to win this game. But we're thinking Lazio is pretty much a lock to win this game. So yeah. Lazio over Udinese. Let's move on to the next game: AC Milan hosting Fiorentina at the Stadio Giuseppe Meazza. This is going to be a tricky game, <laughs> I think. I, I had Benevento to be Fiorentina, yeah. but I think Milan now, because Latin's not the there. people that told you to go to sleep and F your thought, yeah. <laughs> your theory, if it holds true, Milan is too Ibra-reliant. Yeah. Are we going to... And is Leal back game? for this game too, right? Rafael Leal, he was out with, I believe, COVID or an injury. I've, I can't keep up with the COVID yeah. uh, dismissals if he's going to be in or out. Historically, this... Uh, Fixture has gone 33% in the last six games. Two wins for Milan, two draws, two wins for Fidentina. This is a tight one. The most two recent games uh, from last season was an AC Milan Fidentina draw and a Fidentina win against AC. So Milan have not beat them 
uh, they didn't beat them last yeah. year. This is gonna, yeah, this is gonna be a tight game. Even though it's a struggling Fiorentina, that's the weird thing. Because yeah. we don't know how Milan will play without Ibra. We, we don't. We don't. They should, based on their form, they should be able to scrape a couple of goals past this Fiorentina team. That 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 is a mess. But at the same time, I mean, they're, Cesare Prandelli, we know, was a lateral move. This Fiorentina team is obviously playing more offensive than they, than they have been this season. So that that was the only bright spot from that loss to Benevento. Yeah. Uh, like they don't have, so they don't have bad players. They don't. Uh, they just they, they, they just don't, don't have goal scores. They don't have. Well, if you're if you're someone that's going to be inspired to score against this Milan team, I'd start Patrick Cutrone. That's a team that you know they gave, they gave up on him. And yep. uh, if I'm if I'm Cesare Prandelli, I think I would have a very well a very motivated Patrick Cutrone to show something to his old team, uh, Milan youth system, and then off to Wolverhampton where he failed, and now back at Fiorentina. So Fiorentina's got some good pieces. A lot of a lot of critics critics think that they sh- they should be higher up in the table. I do agree with them. I just think they were misguided. They got a, they started really slow out of the gate. Obviously, it was a coaching issue. Uh, Cesare Prandelli is kind of a, is a lateral move, as we said. Uh, I did pick them, peg them to beat Benevento. Maybe Cesare Prandelli finds something against Milan. I just, I just think Milan's going to struggle. I, I, Milan should win this game. Should. They should. On paper, they should. They should. So for all of those critics out there, I'm saying they should win this game. Um, what do you think they can do without Zatan? Well, we'll see. Like, let, me, let me read you the goal scores. I think we did this before, but let me just read it again and refresh everyone's mind. The next, so Zatan has 10 goals and yeah. uh, six appearances for Bracey. Unreal numbers. The couple Caninere leader right now. Next leading goal scorers in the team. Two for Frank Cassie. Two for Rafael Leal. Alexis Salamakers one. Brahim Diaz one. Jens Peter Hogg one. one. Theo Hernandez one. Yeah. That is only four, five, six, seven, eight goals. Yeah. Eight goals. Eight goals. Four without Zlatan. Without Zlatan. And Fiorentina, how many goals do they have? Mind you, so Zatan's out. We'll probably see Rabich come in the game if he yeah, doesn't Rabich, have COVID. Rabich is there. Yeah. But they really don't have a they don't have a striker to replace yeah. Zatan. There is no number nine. Yeah. Rabich is a guy that runs into spaces. He yeah. has some tricky f- footwork. Uh Jens Peter Hogg is very similar. He runs into space. Great, yeah. great young player. Brahim Diaz, he's more of an attacking midfielder. Rafael Leal is a winger. You have a team full of wingers, yeah. but no focal point now. Yeah. So Stefano Pioli is going to have to alter the tactics for this game. You yes. have to. You can't play the same way. And if Stefano Pioli is the mastermind that everyone now thinks he is, will he be able to plug up that big gaping hole as Zatan leaves yeah. his team? And it looks like, like I said, he will be out for a month now, not 10 days, like he was hoping. It's yeah. going to be a month because that's a normal hamstring injury. Yeah. <laughs> Zlatan so, isn't. <laughs> bless God. Yeah. Well, he's saying he's out for two. He says it's no more than one or two weeks, but we'll see what happens. He's saying if himself. If he does, he's just going to get hurt again. Yeah. He's saying himself. So we'll see. I'm just going to go with what my head tells me. And my head tells me that Milan's going to win this game. But I am very doubtful about that. I just think it's not It's not going to be as routine as people think it's going to be. Uh, my heart tells me that we're going to see a draw. So this is where I'm torn between my heart and my head. 
and it's uh, a tough debate there. You're hurt or you're tasked. That's right. And uh, being, a, being a Roman, being a Roman fan, we're all heart, no head. So, <laughs> so, um, but like, let me let me bring up this Fiorentina squad too. Yeah, it's they, not it's not a terrible squad. It's they've, not. They've been rubbish ever since Federico Chiesa left. So obviously he was a big part yeah, of that team. Kaya Han back, like Kaya Han, we don't know. But they have good midfield have pieces. Castrovilli has to. He's had yeah. it. I, I'm going to say he should step up, yeah. which I know sounds absurd because he has four goals and assists in eight yeah. games for them. He's been their best player. Yeah. But he has to step up in a game like this. He does. When the game's on the line and it matters, step up. And Fiorentina can do something. They have strikers on their team. Crotone, Kwame, that can score. Yeah. Now, they, they're not scoring goals, but I feel they're not being given a fair shake. Frank Ribéry will probably be out of this game. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a big miss too, right? You have an international left back in Biragi. Yeah, he had a bad game last game. Milinkovic, Jermaine Pizzella is by no means a bad defender. The no. pieces are there in this Zagowski's team. a pretty good goalkeeper. It's just it's not coming together for them. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say that draw is going to happen. Oh, I hope you're right. I just don't think... Milan fans aren't gonna like it. I know that, but I, I think that's I, what it that's what it leans towards. It leans I, towards a draw. I know Pioli, and I'm gonna doubt Pioli. When he, and a lot of teams, when you lose your big players, yeah. you suffer. Yeah. And I think Milan is gonna stutter a little bit in yeah. this game. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump along with you. I'm gonna change it to a draw. <laughs> I no, I just you. no. I mean, it's gonna be that's what I if feel. Milan can prove. Yeah. And win without Ibra in this game. Yeah. It's a huge statement for yeah. the rest of the league. Yeah, that's what I feel. I feel I feel in my heart that this is going to be a draw. My head tells me Milan's going to win, but I just got to go the Roman way and say Milan's going to draw this game against Fiorentina. So if you're a betting person, take the upset and take the draw. I'm sure it pays a lot. I'm sure it pays a lot. So let's move on to the next game. Bologna hosting Crotone at the Stadio Renato Dallara. Bologna coming off a big win last week. And... I did say last week, I, I think this Bologna team is a lot better than their record shows. They're going up against a Crotone team that is abysmal. Um, yeah, one of the worst City teams yeah, one of the, ever. Yeah, they, 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 they don't deserve to be in this tier just with the way they've been performing. Uh, I just think Bologna is a lot better than them. They really are. Their record, their record they're, they're going to go 4 and 5 they're going to go four over and five, and they're going to keep climbing up to in that mid table. Um, so I think Bologna is going to win this game. They just look. Sinisa Mihailovic is going to suffocate this team. Yeah, he's going to suffocate this team. I'm going to give Bologna the victory too. The only yeah. thing I will say, this is a game where Crotone can get a draw. I think as yeah. well off of Bologna. Let's see what their tactics are. Yeah, it depends on Stropa's tactics. If he's yeah. going to, if he's going to come out and think he can attack this Bologna team, he's going to get. They're gonna get beat pretty pretty hard, I think. Yeah. But if he sits back, soaks in the pressure, soaks up the pressure gets I a draw. Think, I think they can get yeah. a draw against. This I think the only team. way he 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 coaches another match day after this is if he gets a draw. Yeah. I think if he loses, this is it. It's over. And let's face it, the bottom of the table is so tight. A draw is like a win. Yeah. In the it bottom. is. It is. At the top, a draw is a loss, but at the bottom, a draw is always yeah, a win. Exactly. So for these teams, We're that's both, the approach I think Rotoni has yeah. have to take. They have to. We talked about that last week. Grind it out. You have to. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see what happens. We both take Bologna in this game. Next game, Cagliari against La Spezia. That's, gonna, that's a tricky game. 
It is. That's a trick game because La Spezia won their Coppa Italia meeting this past this they midweek. Did. Yeah, they so got, we'll, we'll go over Coppa Italia because a lot of the top teams uh, yeah. played. Yeah, Spezia. They're <laughs> they're on fire. They are on fire. They're doing really well. They're they're on very good form, and they're not. They're only like, it's only a point that separates them from Cagliari right now. Yeah, right. Point. Cagliari's in eleventh on ten. Spezia thirteenth place at nine points. Yeah, it's they uh, very hard team to beat. Very hard team. And the last six City A uh, fixtures, they've only won one game. Yeah, only lost two, three draws. Um. They can but they, they can go they, punch for punch. Yeah, but for, mid, for a promotion team, that's impressive. Yeah, yesterday because you're not losing games. Yeah, yesterday they beat Bologna four to two in the, in Coppa, the Coppa Italia. Italia. Four to two, they put four goals in. So they're scoring goals. They're scoring goals now, and that's that's a scary thing. Like these guys, and it's like Giuliano says. I mean, if you keep winning, you don't feel tired. And they and and the thing about this. This Spezia team, I, yes, they did win the game in extra time. They were 2-2 after 90 minutes. But yes, they're missing their big they're they're missing their big uh their their main guy in Galabinov. But their other guys are scoring now. Fadias is scoring. Maggiore is scoring. So that's that's their strength. They don't rely on one goal score. They're very well right. distributed. Coming up against a Cagliari team that got it all wrong against Juventus. Terrible approach. Terrible approach. So does, does Di Francesco go back to his normal tactics? I think he does. But is Diego Godin still out? Remember his excuse last time? Diego Godin was out, so I had to change the tactics. No, no. You just... You have Valukiewicz there. You just slot him in. Right? Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, it will be interesting because Caliri and Coppa Italia... We'll bring it back to there. They beat Verona. Yeah. Their match. They scored two goals against a very stubborn defense. Yeah. This is what it's going to come down to, I believe. Spezia, their main strength, which we've seen, has been their wing play. Yeah. Their wingers are phenomenal. They are. Uh, Agudelo, I believe his name is. Yeah. And Giassi. Great, great wingers. Yeah. And a very stubborn midfielder, Pobega, uh, in there. AC Milan, lone player. Yeah. He, uh, Lead in that midfield, very strong. Terzi yeah. in the center back position, Provedal in that. They have a terrific spine in this team. But strengths are on the wings. If Caleri can stop the attacks down the wings with Lico Giannis and uh, Fabra, I believe his name yeah. is, I think Caleri should be able to get a result here. Yeah, and as much as Provedal is only so- problem is Caleri yeah. Giovanni Simeone is out. Yeah. So, so you're going to go to Pavoletti. Who hasn't really Pavi goal. Yeah. Yeah, known as Pavi goal, but he doesn't score a goal. So it's kind of a weird nickname. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he uh, he can be a danger, Pavoletti. Yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. Especially if they play jo- Joao Pedro off him. Joao yeah. Pedro off That's him. That's the key. You play Joao Pedro in your position, you have a chance of scoring goals. Yeah. So once again, it does come down to... I think he goes back to what was working, and for, he forgets about Juve. Uh, G- Giovanni Simeone is a big loss because him and Joao Pedro, Pedro they connect really well. They do. So how yeah. does how does Joao Pedro connect with Leo, Leandro, Leonardo Pavoletti? Exactly. Leonardo Pavoletti is more of a target guy, a hitman, whereas Giovanni Simeone is a guy that can move the ball in. Exactly. Right. Pavoletti, he's come off the bench seven times. He's done really nothing. No. So this game, maybe this is a game where he can... He shines. Yeah, he's had a lot of injury problems in his yeah. career. 
Uh, looked like a promising player at one point. But maybe he can turn things around Yeah, this time. So what do you say to this game? In this game, I'm going to give Cagliari uh, the victory. Cagliari the victory? Yeah. I think I have to agree with you here. Cagliari's at home. They're going to get over what happened last week against Juventus. Uh, but it's it's not going to be an easy game by any means. Spezia is no. definitely a tricky team. I wouldn't be surprised if Spezia gets a result here, but... I wouldn't either. But I think Spezia yeah. is starting to punch above their weight too much. Yeah. I think they get a little overconfident. Come back down to earth. So that's just my gut feel. Now, let's move on to Saturday, Sunday afternoon's game, 2.45 Eastern time at the Stadio San Paolo. Which is the, the final game already? This no, is no. A- there's two games on Monday. Oh, there's two games. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's okay. two games on Monday. Two garbage games on Monday, but we'll talk about them the after. Monday nighter games. Yeah, they're terrible. The Honestly. bottom of the bin. Yeah, seriously. The FIGC really needs to get <laughs> move, move on. You got to put the cream of the crop on Monday night. But anyways, uh, big game this weekend. Napoli hosting La Roma at the Stadio San Paolo, which will soon be named the Stadio Diego Maradona. So I have an interesting staff for all okay. the, for all the. Bring it up. Bring it up. The Romanista. No. Romanisti. Romanisti. I got an interesting stat. <laughs> oh, so there's a, there's an XG stat. Yes. Which is expected goals. Yeah. So there's an there's another stat XG difference per ninety minutes. So that's the expected goal differential goals mm-hmm. for and against every ninety minutes. Yeah. Okay. Can we guess who's top of the table for that stat? This this stat essentially determines who the best team is in City at and who's the worst in City at. Per so, 90 minutes. So if you have a minus stat, yeah. you're obviously worse. If you have a plus, you're the best. Yeah. The higher the plus, the better. The, so the difference, right? So it's it's goal difference. Expect yeah. the goal difference I per 90 it. minutes. I see it in the table here. Okay. Yeah. So Roma's the best. Roma is top of that table. Yeah. And by, and by quite, an, quite a margin. Yeah. Bigger than Milan, everybody. Bigger than Milan. So yeah. they're expected goal difference. So they're expected to score just under two goals. Yeah. Or just under one and a half goals every game compared to the uh, team they're going up against, which is yeah. huge. Next is Milan. Third is Juve. Fourth is Inter. So what it kind of indicates too is if you're high up the table, but your league table position isn't reflecting. Yeah. That goal difference per ninety. That means your strikers are doing a, a pretty crap job. Yeah. Uh, and at the bottom is Spezia. So what that yeah, shows is that Spezia is punching above way weight. above their yeah. weight. Uh, same with Benevento, and you see Crotone right there. Yeah. So that's kind of how that stat works. It's a pretty interesting stat. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, what that says is Roma has been the best team in the league. Yeah. They probably haven't scored as many goals as they should that's also what that indicates because they are sitting uh third in the table but by all means that's not a bad position no but what it means is they should probably be at the top and they did have that asterisk thing which yeah. affects that as well right uh so essentially this table states that roma is the best team in city that's, that's what i'm not, getting at uh, so what do you think about that scudetto challengers or what <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything about Scudetto challengers. These Roma fans don't want to know that they are fighting for the Scudetto. No, I like to fly under the radar. Roma fans, we were Roma was written off for this season because we were a year transition. I had them finishing seventh place. They're punching Me way too. above their weight. I had them finishing. Yeah, in they're punching positions. way above their weight. In my opinion, I, I, I'm enjoying the ride without I, without Jacko. I know. I, I'm I'm enjoying the ride. 
I just think Roma performs better when there's no pressure on them. They don't have any pressure this year. and Well, you know the pressure is going to start getting there. You can't be at the top of the table and not feel pressure at a certain point Roma, as the season gets Roma's going. Roma's saying the right things. Roma, this is what Roma's saying. Roma's, Roma's got an objective and they're, and they're going after that objective. And then you have a difference maker in Pedro who's saying, for us to say a top four is a victory is a joke, you always have to go for the championship. You always have to go for Scudetto. So Which I love. Pedro is that leader that I he's think... He's a winner. Look where he's come from. Yeah, I think he's really He's played with the best. He, he came from the best team probably ever yeah. in football history, Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. That Barcelona team. He's won everywhere he's gone. He's he's won every trophy imaginable. That yeah, he has. And uh, I, I'm over the moon with him. I know I say it every time, but I, I am. And... Uh, I just, I'm just so happy and so proud with what this Roman team is doing. I think we're in the thick of it. I think we can be considered to be in the thick of it in in the, in top four discussions. I'm not gonna go and talk about Scudetto uh, yet. Okay, we're only okay, we're only see. we're only eight games in. Everyone, am I enjoy, sensing listen, some, Am I sensing some doubt here? Enjoy the ride. Am I sensing some? doubt I'm just in this saying, picture? enjoy the ride. Don't get arrogant. Am I sensing some doubt in this fixture here? Napoli Roma at the San Paolo. Sure, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, Napoli's kind of a Napoli's. There's some problems in the locker room that's happening in Napoli right now. Yes. But you gotta imagine as as sad as it is, but this Diego Maradona news is gonna definitely inspire this Napoli team. I think they feed off that. They will feed off but, it. But what's concerning to me about Napoli, and I'm gonna go on a minor rant here. Napoli. I made an error in judgment when I said they have no weaknesses. On the field, on paper, they have no weakness. Their biggest weakness is up upstairs in their heads. Yeah. They're one of the most mentally weak teams in the league. Yeah. They are, are perennial chokers all the time. They're always chasing, always there. Absolutely. Never get over the finish line because up there they're weak. It showed with Carlo Ancelotti. When they were when he was struggling, Carlo Ancelotti tried to tighten the strings a bit, get the most of these players, they all turned on him. Yeah. That's what the news... Now, I don't know if that's 100% true. I'm not in the change room, but that's yeah. what the news report said. The yeah. players turned on Carlo Ancelotti, got him fired, brought a Gattuso. So Gattuso, after the the last game against Milan, apparently went into the change room, ripped right into the, some of the main players. Yeah. Uh, someone leaked it out, which obviously shows there's no unity in the change room. Yeah. Right now. And uh, there was a big fight. Yeah. And Kulabali came out the next day saying everything's fine. I think the Aletta yeah. just came out and said something as well. But they showing that they're disobeying Gattuso's, you know, I'm sure they are. And it's not good. No, it's not. Is he going to get his Gattuso now? Listen, this is what happened under Carlo Ancelotti. Team sitting in sixth. I think Carlo was in seventh. Yeah. They derailed after. The wheels came off the bus. They did. And uh, they got rid of Carlo Ancelotti. But is it Carlo Ancelotti or is, is it this team? Is there some players in this Napoli team? They're just... Uh, Maybe it is. They're superstars without doing nothing. Yeah. Maybe it is this this Napoli team. You know, early on, early on in the season, at the very start, when they started claiming some scalps, they were st- there's not one glaring weakness in this Napoli team. And uh, we said they had some tests to prove if they're a Scudetto contender or not. They've passed 50% of those tests. I mean, what, like claiming the big scalp on Atalanta, but then, you know, faltering to Sassuolo, right? And Milan. Which, which I think if there are... I think there's more pressure on Napoli to win this game than Roma. And I don't know if that... I think that's going to hurt Napoli. 
Roma's enjoying the ride. Changing your mind on this fiction. No, Roma's. I never. I haven't made a prediction yet. <laughs> Roma's enjoying the ride. The problem is, what's gonna? Ha- it's like Juliano says. What's gonna happen when the pressure starts to mount? Because if Roma wins this game. People are going to start talking about Roma a little bit more than they are now. Yeah, because if they're to lose this game, then they drop into yeah, probably fourth, fifth place. The most informed team in Italy right now is Roma. Yeah, they're the best team in they're the best team in Italy right now. The best team in Italy right now. That's that makes me so. I know a lot of Milan fans. I'll piss them off because yeah. uh, Milan's in first. So. In the table, yes, Milan's first. It's very tight, but on and statistics wise, for people that like that stuff, Roma has been the best team statistics yeah. wise. I just ha- think Roma's got too much momentum right now, and I know everybody's saying, "Oh, you're biased." I love this team, and they're just they're doing so much better than I thought they would. Napoli team's a bit of a mess. They're gonna have that Diego Maradona. They're gonna have that that motivation to do something in this game, especially this game. It's very important for them. But uh, I, I do see if, if Roma comes, if Roma wins this game, you're going to start hearing about possible Scudetto contenders. I mean, you're already hearing about it a little bit now, but you'll hear about it a lot more. And if Roma needs to keep up with Juventus and Sassuolo and Milan, especially Juventus, Juventus is the benchmark here. Let's be real. And uh, so you got to go punch for punch with them, right? We know we we're pretty confident Juventus is going to win this game uh, on the, against Benevento this weekend. So Roma's got to win their game against Napoli. Yeah. So and Napoli, if you want the Scudetto too, you need to win this. You need to win this game. So I think this is this is a very 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 difficult game to call for me. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say Roma's going to upset in the Stadio San Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> I I think so. People think, oh, you, I'm telling well, you, it, I'm biased. I'm picking Roma, right? the most informed team. Yeah. So, yeah, with uh, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say Napoli's going to win. Just to keep it interesting. Have to. So that when we come here on, an, on our next podcast, I can uh, rub some Sally in those wounds. <laughs> I don't might get choked out. <laughs> no, never, never. But it's going to be, it'll be an interesting game. Napoli are in desperate need of a, of a victory. Yeah. I honestly think if if Roma beat Napoli, this Napoli team's done. Yeah, I think so too. They're I done. think I think they're out of Scudetto conversation, which would be an utter disappointment because they look so good at the beginning of the season. Yep. I had them finishing out of the top four still, but they did change my mind, and now I had it, them fourth place. I had them in the did, top eh? four. I had them fourth place. Like they'll stick around there. But then again, I had Inter at the top. I think Juve, a lot of a lot of people had Inter at the top. So I think my my predictions are out the out of, out the window. But this. I think Napoli's season stands on a knife edge right now. Mm-hmm. You lose this game to Roma Napoli, you, your season's done. It's derailed. Yeah. And uh, I think you are you can count top four out of the picture. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You're fighting for Europa League spots I after th- this. The only way you're going to go into Champions League yeah. is, is if they win uh, Europa League. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. So, Giuliano's trying to take Napoli. I'm trying to take Roma. Roma, the most informed team in Italy right now. Um, everything's just falling into place. Sporting director Paulo Fonseca's found something. This this team's just rolling. Yeah, there's a feel quietly good, rolling. There's a feel good fact there yeah. for sure. I haven't felt this way in a long time as a Roman fan. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. But so Giuliano telling you to take Napoli. I'm telling you to take La Roma, of course. Let's move on to these two duds of a game on Monday. Just a bit of a snooze fest. Just Monday stay, showcases. Just, uh, just, just you know, eat your lunch. You don't even have to watch these games. They're kind of dull. 
So Torino is hosting Sampdoria at the Stadio Olimpico di Torino. This is the this is Quag's game. He this is what Quag's loves. He scored eight goals uh, yeah. in this fixture here. This is make or break for Marco Giampaolo. That's it. I think it's Arrivederci to Giampaolo. Arrivederci right into the sunset. Uh, yep. He wasn't on the bench last game. No. I think because of COVID. Yeah. Um, Balotti should be back for this game. Sampdoria, solid team. Torino, a bit of a shambles. Yeah. Although Inter made them look like uh, Torino of Grande Torino. Days. Seriously. But that was more so on Inter than it was Torino. Yeah, that was Inter's own yeah. doing. Claudio Ranieri loves these games. This is where he picks up his points. This is where he adjusts. This is, these are the kind of games that he dominates. So, yeah, I think this is where yeah. Torino know they have to win, like you said. They get caught out. Sampdoria come in. Yeah. Set piece goal. They've been strong on set pieces, Sampdoria. Thorsby's been... been a good player in the air. Yeah. Very strong aerial duels. Yeah. And... Have great wingers on this team. Candreva, he's proven to be a good player. Qualiarella, like I said, has eight goals in this fixture. Yeah. So expect him, expect him to be a threat. I just don't think uh, Torino's only chance here is Belotti. Yeah. You need Belotti to play out of his uh, skin. Can you imagine Torino gets relegated at the end of the season, and our number nine, our second number nine, is a city, technically a city of B striker. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Whoa. Anyways, I think we're both saying Sampdoria in this game, right? Yeah, I'll say okay. Sampdoria. So we're both saying Sampdoria in this game. Let's move on to the final game. Ugh. Genoa hosting Parma. Oof. I'm not even going to watch this game, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The salamis, Two teams. The salamis versus the... Uh, Two What's Parma named? No, Parma's Par- prosciutto. prosciutto. Whoa. Oh my Whoa. God. I know. I thought Parma. What's the matter Parma with Parma you? Ham. I know. Prosciutto di Parma. Whoa. What do you I eat jamon. Uh, <laughs> well, I eat prosciutto. prosciutto. It's the prosciutto di Parma against the Genovese I eat, salami. I eat jamon iberico. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I, I eat uh, prosciutto di Parma. So and I even eat salami. They have salami from Parma. It's better too. Yeah, so the Genoese salami versus the Parma prosciutto. Yeah, over here. pretty much. This is a relegation battle here. Parma sitting sixth and six and seventeenth uh, with six points against Genoa, who sit in the relegation zone, nineteenth, one point behind Parma. This is a this is a big game for both teams. Both teams are in shambles. This could get one of the, the managers. It has to. It has to. And you said last time Kraus has been silent. You know what he said after the Parma yeah. game? He finally said, came out. I was going to say said, that. No more three man defense. That's that it. That's what he. Yeah. That's what he said. So he, he finally wa- said something. He wants his team to come out and attack. Yeah. And if you don't listen to me, Liverani, you're gone. That's essentially what he said. Yeah. And so Liverani's got to go back to his tactics, which is the Liverani's that way, with a team that's not built to do that. So and it's kind of like he's set up to fail. Well, I don't know. Liverani, listen, you have to listen to your owner. You do. Of the club. Because, I can't believe uh, he came out and finally you said can't, something. You can't coach another team in Serie A. No. You're only allowed to coach one team. I believe in Serie A. <laughs> Uh, sorry, yeah. once a season, right? You can't jump from team to team. Yeah. That's the rules. So either you listen or you get fired yeah. and uh, you sit at home for the rest of the year. So yeah. change it up because whatever he was doing before is not working. Yeah. History, the last three, four meetings, all on Parma side. Four wins out of four. Yeah. So it's a messy, messy Genoa team. Woo-hoo. This Genoa team is. This Genoa team was rubbish. almost as bad as Crotone. 
The only difference, seriously, the only difference between Genoa and Crotone right now, Genoa, Genoa is 1, 2, and 5, and Crotone is 0, 2, and 6. It's literally oh one, it's literally three points that separates them. Terrible. So, it, this is a hard game for me to call because both teams are they're terrible. They're terrible. But if, according to the statistics, according to the fire that Kraus has now put under Liverani, Liverani knows how important this game is. Get a result. I think they do. Yeah. This Genoa team is a mess. Oh my god. They're like they're they're eleven individuals on the field. Like they yeah. don't they don't know they don't play a system. They they don't play anything. Like I don't know how this Maran is a coach. I really don't, I don't know. know. Let's just Parma won't lose this game. It may end in no. a draw, but I don't think Parma's gonna lose. I'm gonna say one better. I don't think Parma's gonna win this game. Quasi yeah, Gervinho so is I gonna score so a goal or two and <laughs> Luigi is gonna finally do something in between Caramon. the sticks. Yeah. Caramon. And speaking of former Inter players, so I want to bring this up too. I know I always bring it back to Inter, but Borussia Mönchengladbach have Valentino Lazaro, another player Conte thought was no good, and now the guy's in first place playing the soccer of his life. This Bacala, I've had it. He's in my head constantly, Conte. Uh, seriously. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. It's okay. So, uh, Juliano Sani takes a tie. I'm telling you to take Parma in this game. So that wraps up the previews for, for match day nine for Serie A. Some really big games. It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait for it, uh, especially that Roma Napoli game. I'm going to be locked in my house for that game. Yeah, that, that's the high, <laughs> that's the highlight of the that is that's the highlight of the weekend. Saturday, so Swallow Inter is a big game too. Sorry, yeah, those are the two big games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Atlanta House Verona. I would say there's number three. Milan Fiorentina's number four. Saturday's looking. Yeah, it's gonna be Saturday's fun. a nice little setup, and then we end it all off nice on Sunday. It's gonna be fun. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I just want to read over Coppa Italia quick the yeah, results. Read it over. So we've now entered the fourth round. I know we haven't talked much about it, but they're in the fourth round. Yeah, I think they're going into the round of 16 now, right? Now it's the round of 16, so yeah. that's why we want to talk Just about it. Now it's getting important. So the City A teams are starting to meet up, so we read some of the results out. But, but there is a City A B I'll team over there, now. there? Uh, there was. I'll go over it again okay. quick. We'll see. But Cagliari uh, knocked out Hellas Verona. They won 2-1. Parma beat Cosenza 2-1. Empoli beat Brescia 3-0. Bologna, after extra time, lost to Spezia 4-2. Udinese, yeah. after extra time, lost to Fiorentina 1-0. Torino beat Virtue Santella 2-0. Spal beat Monza 2-0. A bit of uh, controversy with Monza, apparently. There's something going on there. I forget. My uh, mind. COVID protocols. That's it. They're doing some uh, shady yeah. stuff. Uh, so Spa beat them, and then we have some Doria Genoa. That's uh, Derby della Lanterna territory right there already yeah. in the fourth round of Coppa Italia. So that should be a nice match. Twenty sixth, which is today, it will happen. So Empoli beat Brescia, right? Empoli beat Brescia, yes. Okay, so that sets them up to play. So right now in the bracket, final in the round of sixteen, you have Atalanta Cagliari, which yeah. is a nice little game. Lazio Parma, Napoli, and they're Napoli. In, they're in the same. Bracket in the next bracket, you have Napoli versus Empoli, yeah. Roma versus Spezia. So, wow. Roma Napoli, you might see him play for a third time this season. Yeah. In the next bracket, after that, you have Internazionale Fiorentina versus Fiorentina, which is a nice little match. A repeat Milan, of that chaos Torino. 4 3 win versus Milan. And so, Torino. we could have the Milan Derby in Milan the quarterfinals. Derby. Possibly, but yeah. who knows? Inter will probably lose. And then you have Sassuolo, Spal, and Juve will play the winner of Sampdoria, Sampdoria Genoa. Genoa. So, in the round of 16, you have technically two Serie B teams, Empoli and uh, Spal. Empoli and Spal, yeah. Wow. 
And Empoli is in their they're they're spending they're uh, celebrating their century. Are they, are they up in the table? They're, they're first, in first in Serie B. First in Serie B. First in Serie B. Oh, yeah. So Napoli, that's going to be an interesting game. It will be an interesting game. But yeah, Coppa Italia is always fun. Yeah. Uh, Juve. The winner goes to the Europa League really, if they're not in the top yeah, four. I don't think Juve, they haven't retained it the past two seasons. No. Right? Since Ronaldo's been it's it's been uh, last season was Napoli. Yeah. And the season before was Lazio, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens in the Coppa Italia. Um, all the best there. Anything else? Uh, that's all I can think of. All right, let Is me bring other news. Let me bring it back home then to back home to Canada. Back to Canada. So, for those of you that missed that dud of a game, Toronto FC Nashville. Oh, oh my gosh, that game was a dud. That's all you really need to say about that. They played a hundred percent garbage. So let's to move ex- on to an expansion team. <laughs> to an expansion TFC team. TFC finished second in MLS, and you yeah. lose to an expansion team. Yeah, they just they were on a bye. They didn't play in sixteen days, which I ten don't, or sixteen days, something like that. That's way too long. Yeah, you lose muscle mass after two weeks of not yeah. being active. Yeah. So it's you sit for two weeks not playing strange. football. Your and brain. They were playing their home games in Hartford. You got to because they the got the bye. Form. They got the go ahead to come home, back home and train. I understand how important that was, but I think that kind of really threw their momentum off. I think so too. Um, you but can't, you can't. No. You have to play. You yeah. can't not but play for 16 days. Toronto FC, Schief too. Let's move on there. <laughs> um, good news is, uh, for, don't forget, Forge is playing their big uh, quarterfinal matchup in the CONCACAF League on Tuesday. I will be previewing that on Monday, that game. It's a big game. It's, I believe it's going to be on TSN 2 or 3, so you can catch it. It's very important. And I have to give credit to the Canadian Soccer Association. The Voyager Cup final between Toronto FC and Forge is going to go. They're going to do it in the uh, in the first quarter of 2021 is when the final is going to go. So TFC are at risk if they lose the Canadian Championship of not qualifying for the CONCACAF Champions League. I'm really glad that CSA has decided to keep the credibility of the Voyager Cup. That way, they are putting their, their second Canadian spot at risk, especially if Forge win this game um, on, on, on Tuesday coming up. But uh, I'm really happy to see that. They're sticking by their guns. I'm really happy. I can't stress that enough. But, uh, you know, as much as I'd love to see two Canadian teams in the CONCACAF Champions League, I really want to see Forge beat Toronto FC. It'd be a huge statement for the Canadian Premier League in their very, very, very short existence. It'd be a, yeah, be a big one for them. Forza Forge. Just some breaking news. Yes. From the Conte camp. Uh Uh-oh. He was uh, asked a question if he'll be here till Christmas, and this was his response. He was a bit irritated. He had a bit of sand in his underpants, it seems. <laughs> he goes, there's a lot of work to be done, but if I don't eat the panettone, it will be because I didn't deserve to. And then he was asked a question if the team's working against him, which he got more irritable and said, that's a stupid question. That's the breaking news from Italy. Conte, no panettone for you. Maybe a, a lot of Inter fans uh, would like to see that he's not eating any panettone. Yeah, they wanted to. They want to see him eating uh, the pandoro, that yeah. knockoff panettone stuff. <laughs> Actually, speaking, of qu- quick, quick question: You're a big fan of panettone, right? Oh, I love panettone. I, I'm, I'm diehard for panettone. So, there is this panettone out there 
<laughs> okay, just a quick, quick, quick change of subject. I know it's not soccer related, but speaking of panettone, it's that time of year. So there's this panettone out there. I was very fortunate enough to try it. Um, it's there's there are small panettones. They're probably like the size of a muffin, but it's an actual panettone where they got the raisins and the candied fruit in it and all that. Oh, but that one I don't like. That's real panettone. I know I don't like that stuff. What's wrong with you? Then you like pandoro, huh? No. You said you love that. There's stuff. different variations of panettone. I don't like fruit in my panettone. Okay, well, I, I eat real panettone because I'm a real Italian. I'm okay. like this manja cake over here. Um, so this panettone in the middle is mascarpone cheese. So wow. it's in the fridge. You would actually like it. That even like. though even though it's got the, the, the real stuff in it. Sorry. the re- It's got the real stuff in it. You might like it. That sounds Give it a shot. I hate candied fruit. I forget what it's called, but uh, I'll maybe I'll get a picture. We'll post it in the in the Twitter feed for those of you that might be interested in the panettone. I eat panettone as soon as panettone comes out. I eat, I go through a whole panettone probably once or twice a week, oh, just for myself. That's my <laughs> breakfast until panettone season is breakfast, over. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just breakfast. Breakfast and uh, and uh, and an uh, evening snack with a coffee. You can't go wrong with panettone. No, man. you can't. Panettone is go good. I hated it as a kid, but I have an appreciation I, for it now. I've never. I've never hated panettone. <laughs> I loved. I've always loved panettone. You can't go wrong with panettone. Enjoy the panettone. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, radio at radio tifosi. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, uh, tifosi football radio. Uh, Want to thank you again for all the support. It's been uh, it's been an interesting year so far. We appreciate all the support from around the world that we're getting. I, I, don't be afraid to uh, post comments, like us on Twitter, uh, retweet our tweets, rate us on uh, on our podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. Um, and uh, don't be afraid to uh, to ask us questions. Uh, ask us in the Facebook page. Ask us in the uh, ask us in uh, Twitter. I'm anything, sure, anything, even anything. If it's not soccer related. Yeah, anything, anything about the anything about soccer, and uh, we'd be more than happy to to answer your questions on the on the show. Um, yeah, and that's, it. that's it. So we'll see you Monday. Enjoy the games on the weekend. Everybody have a happy and safe weekend. Um, we'll be back on Monday to recap match day nine and preview the upcoming Champions League Europa League games. For those of you that are catching us before the Europa League games, enjoy the Europa League games today. I know they're going to be quite dry and quite dull. That Milan Lille game might be pretty good, but other than that, everything else is going to be routine. Um, just, just don't lose. Yeah, just don't lose and you're through. All right. All right. Ciao, everybody. Ciao.